I swear. Wrestling Podcast. Okay, we're live. We're live. We're back, back again. Back again. Back to the uh, the comfort and I would say warmth, but it doesn't feel that warm. You're in a t-shirt. Yeah, I'm warm. I'm falling. Yep. Still, same same disease I've been trying to shake off for the last two months. Actually. We uh, we do regularly uh, ingest and for fun tease a member of our wrestling school who also regularly says they're very poorly. But we also know what a terrible diet they have. So that's perhaps okay. So diet. you could argue you could argue that um, I've been eating relatively healthy apart from the McDonald's I had yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, but aside from that, I've been I've had banana today. Okay. I've Potassium. Had a, I've had a I've had one of those eat healthy katsu curries. Okay. You know, the Marks and Spencer healthy uh, mm. healthy option. Yeah. Even on the calorie check, it's all right. Do you know okay. what I mean? If you look at salts. Yeah, and but... No, it's good. Those ready-made meals, they're not good, are they? No, but the Marks and Spencer's one, there's a there's a brand of them which are. It's just like meal prep. It's Is like... It? Yeah. Okay. You go and check it out. Right. I know you always get your... You'll get your, like... Uh, I'm trying to think of the most childish <laughs> food I could think of, but I can't think of anything. Spaghetti smiley, hoops. Smiley <laughs> faces and spaghetti <laughs> hoops. Yeah. Um... But yeah, these are real grown-ups. Nice. Okay. Clean, healthy eating. All right. Okay, just keep but pulling that face. Right. I'm doing good. How many days, mate? Three days now. Yeah, cleared out all the Christmas chocolate. Lindsay, you know those big novelty-sized packets of Smarties? Yes. So Didn't you purchase them from Tesco's post-Christmas? Oh, maybe. But my mum buys us all one and has ever since we were little kids every year for Christmas. Cool. I imagine that causes quite a few arguments in your family because I imagine your wife isn't too happy about that. No, everyone gets one. Well, but what, is she happy about all the chocolate being bought into your house? Well, no, well there's only four of us. Okay. I just thought... But that. I normally just devour mine within minutes of opening it. Okay. But, <laughs> but So my point is this. Lindsay, how did we even get onto this? You started saying I've got a poor diet. Yeah. And... She ate a whole packet of Smarties, big Smarties. Oh, my God. But within, like, minutes. Uh, but but you've I, just told me you devoured How it. I would eat them, but I regularly work out. I'm very active, so <laughs> it's okay. Or well, how? Yeah. So we started the uh, we started the podcast with you uh, being horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in an update, I know everyone's dying for an update, so Lindsay had a great time on her police course, or uh, not course, but a day out. She's, just yesterday, she's emailed the... Sergeant Major about going out again. So this could be it. Wow. This could be serious business. So that's, that's, uh, this could be the start. Could be, yeah. Or the start of the end. That's it, yeah. She's going to meet some tall, handsome policeman and that's it. Leave me. (sighs) Why are you smiling about (laughs) it? Fingers crossed. (laughs) (laughs) You're unbelievable. I, like, I'm telling you now. I'm warning you. Yeah. Let this be a note on the 8th of January. You're just scared. That's all. One day, one day, Lindsay will listen to this podcast. She won't listen to this episode. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> no, she has no interest. It's okay. So what else you been doing? We didn't have any shows this weekend, did we? I've said that out loud. <laughs> thinking, oh. But no, it was Tokyo Dome weekend, wasn't it? So yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, 
I didn't book any shows this weekend deliberately mm-hmm. because obviously my intention was originally to go to well, the Tokyo Dome. Um, should have gone. Well, you can say that, but yeah, I had a nice time with my family. They were. Oh, I really should have gone. Yeah, I, at the time I was thinking that. Yeah, but I, I had, I had a lovely weekend with my family. Okay. He so. says with a big smile on his face. So, well, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, hanging out with a uh, hanging out with a fam. Um, what did we do? Oh, I don't know. I've not really done anything. I'm not going to lie. There's nothing. I can't really tell you much entertaining things I did do. No, there was something I did this week, and I was like, "Oh, I'll probably talk about this on the podcast," but I forgot what it was. There's many things that I think about all the time. Yeah. I fired my internet service provider at the office. Oh, did you? Talk, talk, in case you're wondering. Oh, okay. I thought you talked about Will. <laughs> <laughs> my internet <laughs> service provider. Like you fired someone this week, so um, probably deserved it. Uh, I uh, I said I called. I took great pleasure in firing my internet service provider. Okay. Because uh, they're just it has been the worst. Like look, anyone who's listened to the podcast can, knows when you know when we uh, when I'm trying to pull up a song, mm-hmm. like. How long it takes to pull up? My goodness. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they asked me why. Well, can I just ask why you'd, you'd like to leave? And I said, yes, of course you can, because your service is absolutely abysmal. And he's like, okay, fair enough. Oh really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's not much comeback to that, is there? Who was your internet service provider? Talk talk. Oh, talk talk. Okay. Mm. Okay. I'm with Sky. Yeah, we don't have Sky here. No. Okay. The, the, I think the main issue was there was no fiber optic options available but i don't really know the logistics of it there's an it just so happens in my block of buildings there's an it firm um just down the hallway and they have installed their own fiber optic broadband so i'm just buying it off of them oh yeah yeah reasonably priced uh same as i was paying for talk talk okay but better service but a much better service yeah okay yeah And and to be honest i would have paid more if because the service was so bad and like you don't I know it sounds ridiculous because we've grown up in a day and age where obviously we've gone from having no internet to having dial up internet to having broadband which wasn't no, first of all we had crap dial up internet yeah <laughs> and then eventually it gets better and then the broad even broadband I remember it take when I got the f- super fast speed AOL broadband when I was at university I can't remember I can't, I can't remember what year it would be but it was at the early 2000s wouldn't be the and, early 2000s uh, it was. Well, you moved down in 2005. So the early 2000s? That's the mid-2000s. And you finished uni in 2000... So 2006 eight? it would be. Okay. Yeah, so I was at uni for three years. Yeah. So would I not have gone come here at 2000, in 2004? Or maybe at the end of 2004. It was in my second year at uni anyway, whatever. Okay. In my second year of uni, in the mid-2000s... Festing. Festing, <laughs> Festing Road. Festing Road, yeah. yeah. Uh, when I lived there, that's where we, we had watched the Bret Hart documentary that you downloaded illegally. What are you talking about? Remember the, when WWE just made their men's with Bret Hart and they brought out that DVD? And I purchased that DVD. No, we watched it illegally and then we both purchased it. But we did. We watched it on your laptop. You're like, oh, I managed to get the Bret Hart DVD. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. I know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I've got the DVD so I can prove that I purchased it. Yeah, yeah I don't and doubt. You should, I don't no, doubt I actually you think you're lying because... I'm not lying, Andy. No, well, I'm can I just, you, No, but can happened. I just... Chill. I got that documentary from America. Okay. 
So like, because my oh, DVD, okay. you'd got no, it on your laptop. No, 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 my friend. I think you're getting confused. Well, why do we watch Why we watch you on your laptop? Because in those days, and this is the truth as well. In those days, when you purchase, when you DVDs were region locked, right? Yes. So my laptop computer, where you, where I, which had the DVD slot in it, okay. I was I unregion locked that to the US one, and our other DVD player. Wasn't unregion locked. We hadn't okay. had a PlayStation, so well, that's maybe why someone from Silverstone laptop can confirm or deny when it was released. Well, that's fine. But you might be right. But like it came yeah, out in America I first, and I got it from yeah because I got it assuming because I got it from America. Okay. I've got. I can show you that. I've literally at home. I've got the DVD from America. So <laughs> I'll show you. And it's region one, is it? Uh, whatever American region yeah, is, I don't know. Re- Britain's region two, isn't it? Yeah, so. it's NTSC. Yeah, and we are pal, pal. Yeah, so. <laughs> so yeah so anyway I had AOL broadband there in okay. that house and that was like the fastest we could get and I remember like I'd unless an episode of Lost would be 300 megabytes and that would take from say the moment I woke up at like 6am because I was so desperate to see the episode of Lost until about 2, 3pm in the afternoon to download and that was considered fast that was considered fast yeah really well, just remember, like yeah, dial-up, yeah, like dial-up. When you had, to, when you took a picture mm-hmm. off uh, internet on dial-up, yeah. How long did that take? Yeah, <laughs> like I a day. <laughs> but like, uh, my dad caught me looking at pictures of Marlena once. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, I remember thinking, not knowing who stood behind me, I just heard some mo- some movement, <laughs> and I quickly turned the computer off like that. And he was like, "This was about fifteen, sixteen. <laughs> nah, yeah, about 15. And he's like, what were you looking at? I can't I breathe. Like, <laughs> but he obviously thought it was like, Marlena never did nude photos, do you know what I mean? So, But he, I was guilty. I looked very, very guilty. Where were your hands? <laughs> Just probably on the mouse. So, Is that what you call it? <laughs> it's bigger than a mouse. <laughs> anyway. I did meet her once, Marlena. <laughs> did you tell her? No, I didn't actually. But everyone said to me, Oh, you're gonna tell her, you're gonna tell her. I was like, No. <laughs> you like cut away, you pervert. <laughs> you creeper. Yeah. Um But yeah, stuff really did take that long to download, but three hundred megabytes now. Yeah. Well on this internet connection I got here, it'd probably take a minute less okay. than okay. less than a minute, seconds. Well done. done. So I've got a very fast connection. Cool. All right. So uh, when we do the 30-week uh, wrestling challenge, you will have the... Uh, I'll be able to get, get the music. Yeah, as long as I, as quick as I can type. <laughs> so. Right, cool. Um, yeah. Anything else? No, you've, you've got, got a wrestling show on Friday. Yep. G Live Guildford. Yeah. Uh, Second time in the venue. Uh, yep. New Year's Revolution. Yep. This time, you've nicked the name from WWE. <laughs> wow. Well. Yeah, they did, didn't they? They did a couple. They did, yeah. So last year's was called New Year's Resolution, not Revolution. Yeah, but a long time ago, like fourteen. I know, I know, no, I know, I know. I'm trying to. I'm going to give a backstory. Okay. So like, oh, your show was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was New Year's Resolution. Okay. And like the idea was, so everyone, so and everyone was like, you should have called it New Year's Revolution. Yeah. Right. Because obviously, Revolution Pro Wrestling. And obviously, yeah, it's a very easy one that I didn't do. But the reason it was called New Year's Resolution was because what we were trying to do was tie up as much of the TV show as we could uh, in that one episode. So clever. it was like the resolution of the, the world of pro wrestling TV show. That was the idea behind it. Yeah. Um, 
and that's why we obviously had the finals of the tag team tournament from a TV show in it. Of um, and yeah, so that was that was kind of the idea behind the the resolution line. I was thinking about that TV show the other day. Oh yeah, I was thinking you should probably shop it around. Maybe it's a lot of work. Yeah, it? It, but you put a lot of work into it. I did, yeah. And it'd be a shame for it just to... I know it was over a year ago now, but just be like, oh, oh well, it was fun. Your typical British wrestling, yeah. like... But I would have done better. I would... Again, we discussed it on the podcast as well, though. Like, so that's not a reflection of what my final vision would be. But yeah. I thought it was very good for what we had, the time we had, and the, you know, the lack of experience in that area yeah. um, and the turnaround time to make it work... I was happy with what we did, mm-hmm. but I was very disappointed that obviously we couldn't do the full, you know, I've discussed on the podcast, a full vision of what I wanted to do couldn't get done. And also the um, uh, the fact that there was a lot of stuff I would have changed if we were to go back and do a second lot of tapings, which obviously was the original plan. Um, so, um, so yeah, I guess it's almost, it's almost mixed emotions. I was very proud of what we achieved, but at the same time I was like, oh, we could have done a lot better. Yeah. Given, like, even just given an extra month, <laughs> like, it would have been a a lot better. But I feel like I do genuinely, and I'm not just saying it. I feel like I'd be very prepared. Like, if if we were to do something again now, I feel like I'd be very prepared for that if it were to come around. Sure. So, um, so yeah, you you are right. There's probably is a, you know, there probably is um, I probably should be shopping it around a bit could to still see be if some we could. Life, uh, yeah. yeah, not world of pro wrestling, but. <laughs> But, uh, no, I guess that concept of a bit more sporty, but maybe slice a bit more of the promos and into it as well. Well, yeah, but like what I mean is like the, the sporty aspect of it and the, the rules and the stuff like that. That was my that was all me. And like I would have gone, I would have added more of that sporting, the sporting aspect to it. And I would have added more. Um, uh, I don't, and I, I would have added more video packages, but they again, they would have been under they it wouldn't have been like a. Rusev and Lana's wedding. Did you watch that? I didn't know. Oh, you missed out. Um, it would have been more sporting like packages. Oh no, I did see it. With the the uh, Liv Morgan, is it came out? Yeah, like, you didn't see it, did you? You just saw some no, highlights. I, I saw some. I saw like a quick Facebook video of it. Um, so it was it was all right. The wedding, so right. bad it was good type yeah. thing. Yeah. Is it better than your wedding? Nah. No. Nah. Probably about even with yours. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was a disaster, wasn't it? Well, they started off a disaster. <coughs> you tried to beat up the wedding man, right? The man who owned the venue, yeah. yeah. He's very rude about my dog. I don't take kindly to that at all, do I? No. I uh, I got in a ruck once about my dog with a man on there. Yeah. Do you know his story? Have I, I told you on the so. podcast? I think you have, actually, yeah. Oh, just the guy went nuts at you me. You were like, what did you say or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He said something like... Uh, I don't know, wanting to kick my dog or something. I was like, what did you say? And he's yeah. like, and he said something horrible back. Uh. And I was like, you what? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was really, I did really, I've never, I've never been angry like that before. I got mm. really angry. And he's, the bloke shouted at me. He's like, your card is marked, son. Your card is marked. Oh, yes. Yeah, you have told <laughs> And I was like, yeah. and I was like, good. <laughs> that was five years ago, so... Was it really? Yeah, so my card might still be marked as far as <laughs> I know. You ever seen him again? Nah, not no. like... I wouldn't even recognise him if I did, but no. maybe he's... He the might be watch- just pumping through your body. He, he, he might be watching me. Yeah, he might be. My, my card, card is, is marked. marked. Yeah. Um, cool. All right, so you... Oh, should we... 
We got anything else we want to address? Uh, Zack Ryder calls it housekeeping. I think some housekeeping notes. Yeah. Um, anything else we want to address? No, we're at G Life this Friday. We've done yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Somehow we bounced onto World of Pro Wrestling. And oh, because New Year's resolution, it was going to be oh, called yes, New Year's. Right, so it's good to right. try and keep the trail of thought to see where it's all come from. Sure. But, but yeah, so we've got, gone from New Year's resolution to New Year's revolution. Um, so we've got Shingo Takagi versus uh, Kyle Fletcher. It's yeah. our big match. We've got Michael Oku and uh, Shota versus ELP and Hikaleu. Uh, so I haven't, I haven't read it, but I've, my sources tell me the Daily Mirror put out top 50 pro wrestlers in the world. Mm, Will Ospreay's number one. Will Ospreay's number one. Joe, who else is in it? Um, Carl Fletcher. Carl Fletcher's in it. Mark Davis is in it. I didn't know that. El Phantasmo's in it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised about El Phantasmo, but I'm, I was surprised. Not because they're not good, just because I was like, oh, that kind of seems a bit out of left field, but only because, and Will Ospreay pointed it out on Twitter, saying you're you're the Daily Mirror WWE. Oh, that's what someone... This is the point, actually, is someone said there's not one main roster WWE wrestler on it. In the top 50. Really? Yeah. How could you not have AJ Styles on he, it? Yeah. AJ, you know, I, yeah. But there's, a, there's a lot of people I wouldn't have on it, but yeah, AJ Styles, how could you not have him on it? Right. Okay. And I, I think there's a strong argument for Daniel Bryan to be in it as well, mm-hmm. because of the way he turned himself from babyface to to heel. Like, he was a floundering babyface due to no fault of his own. Mm-hmm. No one wanted to boo him, and he turned himself into a massive heel, and he's able to get himself back to babyface very easily, despite, again... Despite, yeah. in spite of WWE, not because of them. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I he like he's he's one of the only people who's able to. He's so talented that whatever WWE throws at him, he just does what he can with it and makes it the best it can be. You know, and uh, and he makes the best out of a bad situation on a regular basis. So I don't know how you could not include Daniel Bryan in that list. Okay. Um, I don't think, for an in-ring perspective, I don't think for the main shows, I don't think it's been a fantastic year for WWE. Mm-hmm. Like, can you think of any? Spectacular matches. Uh, Buddy Murphy. <laughs> no, I don't know. Buddy Murphy and Alistair Black had a nice oh, little a match, match on. Uh, yeah, I've heard about it yeah. on Raw. Yeah, um, but I think but probably it wasn't spectacular. It was. It was fine. Yeah, like it was just like again. It it was top level stuff, but it was no different to every single week on Dynamite. Sure, you know, like it was. It was very good for what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was good about it, which and again, I don't feel like. I'm I'm giving them enough credit actually because uh, what was good about it was people didn't care about the match at the start. I always say a mark of a good match is a match where you don't care about you, not necessarily don't care about it, but there's an almost an indifference to it in the crowd at the start. Right. But then by the end, if you've got everyone reacting to it, you've done an exceptional job because you've taken people because it's it's a lot easier as I'm sure anyone will tell you and anyone will be able to notice. It's a lot easier if you're already a superstar and you've you've gone from that being a superstar. Um, you, with people reacting at the start to then get the reaction that level mm-hmm. higher to get one level, two level, three levels higher. But if you start at the very bottom and you've got to get it ten levels higher, it takes a lot more workmanship. Yeah. And I think that that's a good testament to to what they were able to do. Um, so yeah, so that was good. Very creative match as well. Um, but yeah, in terms of like in ring stuff, I can't. There's not really been for me anyway. I don't. There's not not really been much which has stood out, which is kind of. Um, I'd say maybe abnormal for WWE in terms of like their in-ring product seems to have been getting consistently better. I'm not again off the top of my head. There may have been a couple of takeover matches which were decent, but sure. again, Are I think Walters in the list. Um, I think some of the things with a takeover is that uh, they all just 
almost they're very samey, aren't they? They merge into one a lot. I can tell you what happened to take over Brooklyn. <laughs> to take over, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know. Like yeah. they're all, yeah. We've seen it now. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And now we're going to see it on a regular basis on NXT. So, um, but yeah. To what else you got, Gifford? Um, Zoe Lucas. Zoe Lucas versus Giselle Shaw for the women's championship. So that'll be a friend be a, of the show, good one. Giselle Shaw. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that'll be it. That's a big, big match for the women's championship. We're going to find out who the legionnaire is. Lord Gidgen Gray's legionnaire. Really? Oh. You I'm puzzled. Well, you act like you know who it is. Could be me. <laughs> it's not you. Could be me. You've literally been sat next to me when nah, it, it's, it's all about pro wrestling. Yeah, pro wrestling. Yeah, could be me. It could be you. I hope not. Uh, <laughs> nah, he's not muscly enough to be me. Uh, so you and uh, you versus Sean Customman. Yeah. For Southside Championship. Okay. And Gucci and Gray says he's going to reveal your identity at the end of the match. That's generous. Got more than hype. The lads from Ireland debuting. Yeah, against I've heard good things about more than hype. Yeah, but they've got the stiffest challenge they're ever going to have against uh, Great O'Khan, Rampage Brown, and Shah Samuels. It's I'm not just, very, I've just not very nice welcome. Yeah, I bet you have. Yeah, yeah, not a nice welcoming committee for more than hype. But anyway, it's all coming up on Friday in Guildford. It's going to be, it's going to be good. A lot of fun. It'll be available on rpwondemand.com. Absolutely. Um, I just took a swig of water and it reminded me of um, someone put something like saying, like, are we not going to discuss the way Vince McMahon drinks water? Oh, yeah, well, I'm beyond the mat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But what a famous scene. <laughs> but it's quite aggressive, isn't it? But no one's ever really... Uh... <laughs> well, maybe not, but you might have been just showing off. <laughs> <laughs> showing off for the camera. Look at the way I drink water. It's so manly and masculine. <laughs> yeah, I was always fascinated by the way Vince McMahon stuck his middle finger up. He also did his thumb as well. Okay. Uh, so at the end of... Breakdown when he's in the back of the yeah, that's it, like that. Yeah, yeah. don't do that to George. Uh, <laughs> at the end of Breakdown, the one where Austin and Kane and Austin, Kane and the Undertaker both pin Austin at the same time. Vince runs off with the, with belt. the belt, yeah, yeah. And he's he's in the back of a limousine and he's like, ah, oh, come get it. And he's sticking his finger up with the thumb up as well. You know, uh, that was one of the the few roars that I saw the next day on Raw mm-hmm. it's one of the few roars I saw recently after it happened like because I never had Sky yeah well, this was one of the ones I had taped for me okay so just it's strangely enough just literally the day after that pay-per-view yeah, yeah. So. anything else noteworthy you can remember um, what from my childhood <laughs> <laughs> No, from that raw, no, no, nothing. I just remember it being uh, the next day. It was in that glass cab. The the belt was in the. Didn't Vince have it in the glass? Oh, he might have done. But they also did something similar when they presented Kane with the belt, right? When he beat the day after King of the Ring. Yeah, but then he lost it. Yeah, but he had it in the glass case in the ring. Oh, maybe I'm getting confused. Maybe, but maybe not, because they might have done it twice in a year. Um. um. Yeah. Cool. Should we do it then? Do what? 30 week wrestling challenge. Okay, off you go. So you're <laughs> going to do it. Because last time we tried <laughs> to do it, I was uh, I was abysmal. <sighs> oh, that was okay. one that didn't make air, I think. Oh, maybe. Oh, I hope so, because that means I've still got a bit of credibility. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. you might be right. Yeah, we didn't air one, did we? Um, yeah, like I was just struggling. It's happened a few times where we've recorded them, not put them out. Twice. What's the other one you can think of? Um... Big Vito. Oh, okay. 
thought there was another one as well. No. Okay. Um, all right. So, do you want to pull up the 30-week wrestling challenge while I give it a quick okay. you know, program in so my head? I think we're on 32 weeks now, I think. Okay. But we can't say 32. Yeah, we can, you, you can. Um, you say two instead of one. Um, so I just need to find a. I just no, need to no, find one. no, no. It's an extra word. Thirty-one, thirty-two. No, because it's a thirty-week wrestling challenge. So for to now say thirty-two, it's a number. It's a magic number. Yeah, but thirty-two. It's an extra syllable in the song. It's impossible. It's a magic number. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, okay, hold on. Well, you can't pull it up on your phone because you're. No, I'm not. I'm here. I'm not. I did. I have one in mind, and then I'm just—I I know the tune. I've just got to. What are you doing? You're pulling up like the musical score. No, no, I'm looking up WWF roster 1992. Every good boy deserves fruit. Face. And what's that to do with? Reading music. Oh, uh, okay. So the lines. Every. So E's, E, G, yeah. B, D, yeah, F. Every good boy deserves fruit. That's what the the lines represent on the musical thing, and the the bit in the middle. So you know, if you get a note which is in the middle of between the lines, it's F A C E face. Okay. You can also change it up and say every good boy deserves football instead of fruit. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I don't know if we've had this one, but I'm going to go with it anyway for a question. Okay. I don't think we've had this one before. Okay, let's go. Oh, we've had it Andy's, before. Andy's, <laughs> Andy's, 30-week wrestling challenge. No, have I missed a bit of again? Andy and Andy's, Andy and Andy's, 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 Andy's. 30, and Andy's 30-week <laughs> wrestling challenge. Oh, I picked a hard one here. Does it sound like that? Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. You've got it in your head, I think. I haven't. I'm just trying no, to... I think you have. Mm-mm-mm-mm. You just did it. Keep going. Uh, Andy's and uh, uh, Andy's 30-week wrestling challenge. Uh, uh, Andy's... I don't think I'm going to get it. I can't even think. Because you're not even trying. No, I am trying. But I think you've probably picked someone another one of these obscure tunes, which <laughs> I, I don't know. It's not obscure. It's just hard to put it into. <laughs> just hard to sing. Yeah. Uh, okay, go one more time. Is this uh, bad radio Andy's or good radio? Uh, I don't know. Well, let me finish it. Uh, uh, Andy's and uh, uh, Andy's 30-week wrestling no no can I have a clue he may have invented a Wrestlemania he may have invented a Wrestlemania yeah so he's one of 70 people (laughs) oh pretty good clue really I'm trying to think of all the WrestleMania main of it. It must have been a between one and ten. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Okay, this is how I would sing it when I was a kid for my toys. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 okay, dun, is this dun, Ultimate dun. Warrior? Yeah. Okay, his music sounds nothing like what you just <laughs> said. You always say that, but it's... George, you got it, didn't you? you if I was to do it... If I was to do it, I'd do it like something like this. Okay, go on then. It's hard, isn't it? Yes, see? <laughs> Andy and Andy's 30 week. Yeah, I've got your version of it in my head. No, you can't blame me, I can't do it, but yeah. We'll put it up on the. Which is hard to fit Andy and Andy's so we're Andy's and Andy's pretty weak wrestling. Put it up, put it up. Okay, just I don't want you to blame my internet, I'm just typing it. Put your money where your mouth is now. Okay, boom, go. Boom. Okay, I've clicked it. Andy E's. And Andy E's. Do you know what? He's got a longer intro, I think. I think the issue is you're trying. I think it's almost like. It's almost like if we go back. Andy's and Andy's. Do you know what I mean? It's almost yeah. like we need to extend the words rock more than. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But what a cracking piece of music. Though. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, but I never would have got that in a million years. Okay. Well, it sounded like you had got it because you did go. Dun, 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 dun. No, but it wasn't like yours <laughs> version. It wasn't like that. Anyway. Anyway. This week's thirty. 32-week wrestling challenge. Your favourite match stipulation. We've not done that before, have we? No. Okay. So I would say... My first favourite match stipulation... Was... The retirement match. Ultimate Oreo, Randy Savage. Which I watched on videotape... At least a year after it happened. No, yeah. long after. A year, year and a half. Same. And I remember being so interested to find out. I feel like I watched it, like, uh, so what was it, WrestleMania 7? 7, yeah. Yeah, so I think I watched it, yeah, I must have watched it, it it was after WrestleMania 8 I watched it. Yeah, me too, because I got into it at WrestleMania, I got into WWF at WrestleMania Mm. 8. But I think it was before WrestleMania 9, so it was between that time I watched it. Yeah. But I know I watched, for example, I watched uh, WrestleMania 6, I watched after WrestleMania 9. Okay. So yeah, I always tell a story okay. about we. I rented it from R and C videos. Mm. Fascinating stories of video shops. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I rented it from R and C videos, and I uh, and my so I had an Ultimate Warrior. Like they were my toys, but my sister had the Hulk Hogan toy, and I had the Ultimate Warrior one. And I just remember being like, you know, like just how when your football team wins, you're like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it's almost like I, I was an Ultimate Warrior supporter, <laughs> and she yeah. was, uh, you know, it was like United versus City, Arsenal versus. You were Tottenham. the underdog, really, because. It was quite, a sh- even years later, I'd say it was still surprised that Hulk Hogan lost. Yeah, I think that Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan Yeah, I think Hulk Hogan would have been, obviously not knowing the result, and like, it wasn't like, again, it seems, and it seems so obvious to us, because we've been around for so long, we're old dogs, aren't we? Yeah. But like, um, for people listening, you, they might be thinking like, well, how could you not know who won? But like, 
really. There was no means of knowing who won, was no, there? No like Unless you had like a WWF magazine which covered yeah. it or whatever. There was literally no means of knowing who won any of the matches. Yeah, but that's why I assumed when watching that year and a half later WrestleMania 7 tape, that Savage won, right? Savage won. Because he was WWF knew, champion. Yeah, he was champion. But also Warrior had gone and I knew he'd come back. Mm. He made his return at WrestleMania like a year later. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I guess he, he lost and came back a year later. Mm. I was wrong. Randy Savage came back and got reinstated, I believe. So Jack Tunney, so Macho Man can get his revenge on Jake Snake. That's yeah. what Jack Tunney agreed. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. That's correct, I've just yeah. been watching that. Yeah, the yeah. Tuesday night, this Tuesday in Texas. Yeah, really good. I watched it because of the something to wrestle with podcast. I was going to say, but you watched it. Yourself. Right. So I was, but it was really good. Like really good. What the the pay per view? The angle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like the angle. Like so. Like so. Jake the Snake punches Miss Elizabeth. Oh, does he? Or slaps her. Okay. But it's like real good. Yeah. But like it's just like. But she doesn't say it like she's dead. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? She just, like, she sells it like she's just been hit like by someone. Yeah, like it yeah. hurt. And she's holding her cheek, and then Macho uh-huh. Man comes backstage, and he goes ballistic. He goes, like, literally, just great promo, mm-hmm. because he can't believe he's let someone touch Miss Elizabeth. Is this before or after their wedding, though? Because didn't they, they did a thing with the wedding where he put a snake in a box. So it'd be after the wedding. Oh, okay. okay. So this is after he's begged to Was come back. Was that Jake's heel turn, though, when we turned heel on the... At the wedding, because he's babyface at yeah. WrestleMania, yeah, with Rick Martel, yeah, blindfold. It's a brilliant match, by the way. Mm. No, I don't care what you say. You listen to that crowd; they are lapping it up. They are loving it. No doubt about it. I see. I see enough people slag that match off. Well, I'm not slagging it off. What an amazing match! Where they don't even touch each other, but as an eight-year-old boy, captivated by it. I can't, I'll have to rewatch it. I can remember it getting a reaction, but like, you know. Like Jake's literally pointing, yes, 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 and then like, no, no, no. And Yeah. I guess it's. Uh, I don't want to hear one bad word about that match. I'm not saying again. a bad word about From it. From anyone, anyone, anyone on my Twitter timeline. Do you know, I was randomly thinking about the other day, that Rock, you know my favourite match of all time is the Rock and Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I was just thinking like, it doesn't get enough credit. Okay. So I just wanted to bring it up again. All right. <laughs> Give it a shout out. Yeah. Give it a watch. Give it a watch, please. Rock versus Brock Lesnar. Okay. SummerSlam, what was it, 2000? Two. And two. Yeah. The whole event's great, but Brock and Brock Lesnar, there's no wasted motion. No. Everything works towards something. There's no, you wouldn't be able to look at that match and be like, why did they do that? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Even including like Paul Heyman's interference. Do you know what my favourite favorite part of that match was? What? Brock Lesnar in the ice bath. And then Paul Burchill explained to me what it was. Because yeah. I, I didn't know what it was. Oh, okay. So I was like, why did, why did you do that? He goes, oh, it's saying do your muscles and... Yeah, yeah, helps him repair yeah. faster or something. He does explicitly say that in the in the video. Does he? So if you watch the the if you watch the extend, oh, like maybe I'm getting Paul Putch and Brock Lesnar muddled up again. <laughs> 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 maybe he does say I do, but something I definitely watched the pay per view with Paul. So yeah, but you yeah. might have just like so if you never watched because they did the two hype videos. So they did the two they did the Rock's training, they did Brock's training, yeah, and they did like an amalgamation of the two, which was part of the. Overall hype video for the match, you know, yeah. where it says like, "The blood of Hulkamania is on your hands," whatever. You yeah. Know that. Okay. Um, can you believe that Hulk Hogan thought they were going to let him come back and get his win back over Brock Lesnar? No, it's Hulk Hogan. 
What? <laughs> Why would they not? It's Hulk Hogan. They let him. Brock Lesnar, man. Come on. Uh, the Beast Hogan. Incarnate. Yeah, but Hogan. What was Hogan? I imagine that conversation. Like 48. I imagine time, that right? conversation went something like. Uh, 45. I imagine 46. that conversation probably went something like. Yeah, you put him over real good, and we will make sure you have a good <laughs> run back, and you yeah. get you get to beat him clean, Terry. Yeah. Okay, brother. Yeah. All right. Cheers, Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, was that after he came back as Mister America? Or was that before? Before, yeah. Mr. America was the following year, I think. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, uh, which is weird. I've never like that program never went anywhere at all, did it? What, Brock and dis- Hogan. No, the Brock and Hogan was effectively done, wasn't it? After yeah. he dismantled him. But what I mean is, a mess- Mr. America. But he got sacked, didn't he? Yeah, I know. He but what I mean is, it like yeah. it literally went no. Like you think that they'd want to tidy up, do a bit of housekeeping. <laughs> yeah, but I think Hogan walked out. Oh, did he? Yeah. I think. I thought we were just like you're done. But what we're I do know is there's a there's a prototype action figure of Mr. America. Really, I bet that's worth some. Probably is, but I believe the owner Jeremy Padawa is the Jack Specific man. We was at the wrestling line. Well done. You watched the, you watched that documentary. Well I did. But I've met Jeremy. So have I? No. Oh. No, you haven't. Who was one I met? Oh, Bill McKenna from Mattel. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You met him. He came to York Hall covers. Yeah. Yeah. So how have you... Oh, no, he came to a cockpit. And York Hall. And York Hall, yes. We've got a picture with him at York Hall. Yes, we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you meet... I met him at the Zack Ryder podcast in New York. Oh, okay. He's actually a really nice man. Like, very, like as you'd expect him to be. But, like, I, I had a million questions for him. I wasn't really a Jack's kid at all. Like, I was a Hasbro kid. But still, I was like, man, this <laughs> this guy's responsible for... Well, actually making and me a lot of money as well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> cool. Did yeah. he carry any action figures with him? He did not. No, oh. no, I did not. That he showed me. He might. Uh, I I watched it from the uh, from the audience to show. But I don't think. I just like to think if I was like that, I'd ca- always carry some, some props good, with some me. Some, some talking. Yeah. No, not to give to people, but some talking points. You know. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You haven't seen this one before. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Anyway, what on earth were we talking about? Um, favourite stipulation. Oh yeah, okay, retire- so so yours so a retirement. Mate. That was my first favourite. So okay, yeah. what's your second favourite? Well, no, no, I mean that like when I was a kid, I remember being like so engrossed in the. Uh, so, but saying that, maybe my first favourite was the blindfold match, and then just <laughs> maybe. Afterwards. Do you know what my first favourite was? Go on, just a street fight. Yeah. The, what yeah. when you were a kid, you were like, yeah, when wow. I was kid, this right, is... do you know why? Go on. WCW. Yeah. Right. Um, and oh god, I can't remember the show, but it was the Horseman. Uh-huh. It was a show where sti- uh, where Ric Flair was a Black Scorpion. Okay. Starcade ninety. Yeah, probably. Right, the Horseman, Barry Windham and Arn Anson. So it's supposed to be, I think it's supposed to be Arn Anson and Ric Flair, but Ric Flair was injured, so couldn't be a part of a match. Oh, okay. Right, Arn Anson and Barry Windham against Doom in a Come as You Are street fight. Is that what they call it? And, uh, and they were wearing jeans. Yeah. Right, it's the most intense. I think it was about 10 minutes I'd ever seen. Yeah. And like, their fists were taped, they were wearing jeans and mm. vests and like, obviously Barry Windham had his cowboy boots on and cool. and like, you had, and like, punching each other with it, you know, got the belt buckle on the head. No, oh, yeah. it was like, none of that, literally none of that. Um, they wouldn't hit each other with brooms. No, it was no. like 100%, it was just a fight. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Cool. Um, and I thought it was, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And I feel like, um, Many times in my booking career, I've tried to replicate those environments. Yeah. That's did you ever do one of the Orpington Halls? Um, we did Spud and Jack Storm. Okay. They had a... We did a lot of stuff with them, but they had a Come As You Are street fight. They had a um, they had a chain match as well, um, which was pretty cool. 
Is that around the wrist or around the neck? Around the wrist. Yeah. But like I had, again, I, this is, again, if I'd done some research, I could tell you more about it. But I just remember we did the deal where Jack Storm got s- smashed, uh, Spud at the start of the match before the match started with a chain and Spud yeah. bladed and got kind of carried out. And then he's like, no, got off a stretcher and was like kind of crawled back and, yeah. you know, and then like had the chain wrist done on onto his wrist while he was essentially out of it sure. and it was like the stipulation where he had to touch all four corners not yeah. and it was just it was just a great match like Spud and Jackson like tremendous uh, storytellers well well ahead of their time um, and like that's another you know thing that I think probably isn't uh, documented stuff like the role IPW played um, in kind of professional wrestling and its advancement is understated um, in the sense of Literally, I can't remember. Can you remember? Like, I think they were probably the first promotion to have paramedics. Well, IPW, you, yeah, yes, Would yes, you? they were. Well, so, I've seen them there. But the only yeah. reason, I, the only reason I say that is because obviously, I, and as I stated, like I was just booking. I wasn't um, involved in the finances of it. Yeah, but I remember there was always a, there was always a paramedic there, and um, and for <laughs> for me as a booker, like I probably should have looked at it more responsibly, but they were always game. Like you know, you find that about the paramedics. Like once they come a few times, they uh-huh. always they get to know the wrestlers and whatever, and they always like to always want to be a part of a show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and and I just looked at it as like, oh, we've got lots of props that we can play with. Do you know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and you'd be like, oh, just wondering if you'd be up for doing a, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'd always be like, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> so we were able to have that extra. Um, uh, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but it's extra a, element. Yeah, you know, just to make it more real, yeah. you know. And I think that Orpington was one of the few places where wrestling was very real. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, and I say the closest in Rev Pro, probably the closest we've got to that uh, that street fight element is um, the Dan McGee and uh, Shah Samuels street fight. You okay. know, um, where they didn't. Again, it's almost like a, it was a that no disqualification street fight environment, and it's like. It's, but it's not a prop environment. Do you know what I mean? I think nowadays when people think about no disqualifications, they think about street fights. Like you say, they think about brooms and getting hit by dustbins and, you know, gimmicks. Sure. But I look at a street fight, no disqualification match as a, a fight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just, uh, we up that level of intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and I think it's a great feud ender or a, a, a great way to make a feud more combustible. And, and yeah, and... I, uh, so yeah, the street fight. That's where we, that's what we were getting at. The yeah, street yeah. fight was my favourite. Okay. Uh, and again, like obviously, the more it gets, like the the old fashioned street fight, my favourite type of gimmick. Yeah. Um. And there, I know there was a time when I'd say I'll, I'll probably give you other answers as well. Um. But like for example, like Hell in a Cell, I would have probably, well, I definitely would have said. Yeah. Uh, at I'll some point. Too, yeah. Um. But I feel like it's just been done to death now, and it's not, and it's, and I feel like I know why WWE did it. Um, because obviously uh, putting a pay-per-view out and saying hell in a cell sells pay-per-views, right? Yeah. But the the meaning behind the hell in a cell was I always remember that, you know, that hell in a cell, you yeah. know, the, the and like the crowd, like, oh my God, uh-huh. right? Because that's the only way we can end this feud. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then it got to a point where WWE had it as a pay-per-view name. So it's like, by default, we have to have at least one <laughs> hell in a cell match. But normally two. And normally two, and sometimes more, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And I think that that bastardised that gimmick, 
and uh, overexposed it. So as a result, that's why, you know, stuff like that, stuff like tables, ladders and chairs, you know, those gimmicks, yeah. which I, when they when they first happened, I would have looked back on fondly and been like, that's one of my favourite gimmick matches. I can't really say it anymore. Just because it's been overdone. And it's been, they've been used, you know, so I remember there's been some years when they put a Hell in a Cell match because the pay-per-view was Hell in a Cell. The first match for a feud would be a Hell in a Cell match and they'd go to a singles match for next month. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh -huh. So like... um so yeah, I think that's been, whilst I can see the short-term benefits for WWE, and so that's from a business perspective, because I always say, you know, when people uh, critique some of the stuff I do, I'm always like, people are looking at it short-term, or people are looking at it without context and without knowing the business of it, right? So I do try to look at the business, so I think, you know, it'd be hypocritical of me not to try and look at the, re the business reasons for WWE to do some of the things they do. Um, you know, not just because obviously we all know in an ideal world, I'm sure in an ideal world, there's many things that Vince McMahon would do differently, yeah. right? But we don't live in an ideal world, do we? So um, I know short term, WWE are probably thinking like we need to keep these pay-per-views propped up. We need to keep, you know, pushing them. And every time we do a Hell in a Cell match, there's an increase in the buy rate, right? So you do it. And short term, it yields results. But long term... Each time you do a Hell in a Cell match, the impact is diluted. Sure. So, um, so it's kind of a, a good short-term decision, I feel, but a bad long-term one, um, which I think is too—they're too far gone now to, I think, correct that trend. Yeah, they need to come up with something new, won't they? Yeah, which will then get done to death. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So, see, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's almost like. But again, <laughs> you look at it, you're like, oh well, where it is at the moment, where pay-per-views don't really matter. They do matter. I believe, but I think that's why the network numbers have suffered so much because um, they're acting like a... They acted for years, again, short-term, like pay-per-view didn't matter because we've got the network subscriptions regardless, forgetting the fact that you still need people or want people to want to subscribe to the network. Sure. And, like, the archive's brilliant for someone like me and you, but, like, you know, to try and get those new fans to keep coming. Yeah, I think Conrad Thompson said on one of his podcasts, like, he was amazed to see that, like, all the, the most-watched stuff on the network is the new stuff. Yeah. Which... I guess when someone says out loud, it's not surprising at all. But I could, I thought there'd be two hundred fifty thousand people watching the eighteenth of August ninety seven episode of Nitro, like I do. do but let's I mean? but let's let's uh, put it into context, though. So when the network first came out, I bet you used to trawl through the archives consistently. And I still right? do. But I still. Oh, I, you still do. I still do. Okay. Yeah. So I don't. Like I'm like. So every now and again, I'll be like, oh, let's dust off this WWE network and yeah. kind of pull up some. Uh, some shows, you know, mm -hmm. like I did with this, this Tuesday in Texas, but I'll have to be prompted to do it. Yeah, okay. So, like, um, for example, when Jericho did uh, a piece on, like, this is going back a few years, but he did uh, a piece on his rivalry with Shawn Michaels on his podcast. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm going to seek out all the angles and matches that he was talking about on that podcast. And that's why I was like, at that time, I was like, oh, I don't know why WWE doesn't do a deal with these podcast people to, for the network, because obviously, you know, where Jericho's talking about you know, all of this stuff. Like, yeah. if, if he was just a bit more specific and was like, on this date at Raw, mm -hmm. and you can watch these, all of this on the WWE Network. Yeah, they might get an upswing, might Yeah. They? You know, um, if you just make sure a couple of thousand people, like, yeah, which, and, and, and especially if they hang on. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? They yeah. keep, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think, like, now I need to be prompted. So either I'm, so even now, I'll be trying to think of stuff uh, to help out some of our guys. You know, they'll be like, oh, you know, who can I watch? Or, mm -hmm. you know, who's good? And I'd be like, well, you know, well, let me go and have a have a think about it, and I'll have a think about wrestlers that I think they could learn from, yep. and then I'll watch back some stuff to see if there's any, you know, anything in particular I can kind of suggest for them. Um, and um, 
and that's the only time I really use it these days. But like uh, when I first got the network, I was like, I, I just wanted to consume as much history as possible. Um, but now the novelty's worn off. Oh no! So yeah, but I think a lot of it as well is there's so much. Again, just the world we live in is so much wrestling accessible. Sure. And whatever. It's just finding time to watch it all, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so is you got anything else you want to add? No, I don't think so. Okay, cool. We'll see you next week. <laughs> no, we were going to talk about... So, we are 47 minutes in. Wonderful. Oh, yeah. Cool. We did, like, so, we were going to do our big fat quiz of the year, right? Yeah. This, this week. But we've decided not to do it this week. This will be... <laughs> I predict that the big fat quiz of the year will be... Um, pushed back every week until, until next year, next year. <laughs> that's my prediction no we're going to do it okay hopefully next week right okay yeah well, no, I think certainly next week okay we're going to do the big fat quiz of the year, year next week so we've we decided get two people on our teams or one person each yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so we've decided I'm so the, the quiz the topics we're going to have WWE yeah in the year 2019 yeah well here's another thought is I th- the big fat quiz of the year? Although I didn't watch it, I believe is actually the big fat quiz of the decade. Oh no! That's again. You're making too much work for yourself. All right. If you're scared, that's fine. If you if you if your trivia is not up to scratch from the past decade, what was the main event of SummerSlam 2014? Uh, Brock Lesnar, John Cena. Incorrect. No, I'm not. It's not incorrect. I'll tell you why I know that. It's because they did a double pack of John Cena and Brock Lesnar from SummerSlam 2014. What was the opener of <laughs> SummerSlam 2014? Uh, who was the WWF champion, WWE champion at Royal Rumble 2016? Uh, I do know this, and I'll tell you why I know this, because we went to WrestleMania that year in Dallas. And the Royal Rumble was the winner of the Royal Rumble one, the WWE Championship. What? The winner of that Royal Rumble No, one. but I, I'm... Yeah, so I'm just asking who was the champion at what, the Royal the end Rumble. Of the event or the start of the event? At the Royal Rumble 2016. Yeah. Who the was belt was up, was, was up in the Rumble. Was it? Yes. <laughs> I believe. Or, or Roman Reigns had to defend it in the Rumble. Something like that. But Triple H ended up, wasn't it? Yeah, and he won the belt. Yeah. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Have That's what I mean. I couldn't do it. I mean... Okay. What was the uh, what was the opening contest of Armageddon 2010? <laughs> Don't know. You got me there. I mean, was I there even an Ar- at WrestleMania. Was there even an Armageddon in 2010? Probably not. What was the show that Ar- Alberto Del Rio returned in? Mm. I remember he wrestled John Cena, beat him for the US title. Oh, the last time I get him was 2008. Oh, was it? Okay. I mm. know. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what. Okay, what so the point I'm making. Yeah. Okay. Is doing well, the I've decade got a week to revise. Doing the decade would just be very hard. Yeah. And I think that doing the year, that I think will just be easy. Like just in terms of us, because like I've got a feel. I've got a feeling that I'm not going to know the answer to any of your questions, and you'll probably know the answer to some of mine. Okay. That's what. That's the way I feel it's going to go. Okay. Right. However, I. All right, so we're going to have four categories. WWE. Yeah. We're going to have independent professional wrestling. American independent professional wrestling? Well, I guess so, yeah. Okay. British wrestling. Yeah. And what's the other topic? Oh, us, right? But I said that's very hard to do. Okay. You said like us. You said like... Well, I did think of this one. Okay. And I thought about this over lunch. with I was having lunch with Kenneth Halfpenny. And he... We like to quiz... Some of the guys at the school, don't yeah. we? Just randomly. Who can tell me? Because it'd be something we're talking about, and then someone going, 
what are you talking about? And it'll blow my mind they don't know what yeah. we're talking about. So I will then up put it to the class. Yeah. So he did that on Monday. And he did a question. He said, I'm not sure you'll be able to get it. But one of the questions he asked the class on Monday was, what were the name of the six Von Erich children? Okay. So my point is, I think maybe just one on wrestling history. But that doesn't really work out for a quiz of the year, doesn't does it? doesn't matter. We just, it's a fun quiz. <laughs> it's, a quiz of, it's not a fun quiz. It's a quiz of the year. But I think that's just a nice... Can you tell me the six Von Erich boys? Can I? Yeah. No. Just try. Uh, Kevin. Yeah. My Ke- mate. Kerry. Yeah. Chris. Yeah. David. Yeah. Um... Uh, You'll kick yourself on the fifth one. Be the sixth one you don't get. Uh, well, you count him Mike? Yeah. Well, he's a brother. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So, Mike. Yeah. I was thinking of the you one who wasn't... Mike, yes. Well, I was thinking of the one who wasn't the brother. Lance. Lance. Yeah. No. Is that, would that be he sick? He was a pretend cousin. Oh, okay. But there was, a, there, was a, there was another one. Okay, sorry. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Mike was Lance. That was what I was getting oh, confused. Oh, okay. That's why I said, are you counting Mike? Okay. Jack Jr. He's the one who died when... Oh. Well, in one he, of the things he described as a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one of the documents, I'm sure they referred to him as a baby, but then Louis tried to then tell me he was nine. So maybe they just sort of used the term baby because he was a little kid. The baby of the family. Yeah. yeah. Well, he wouldn't be, the, he'd actually be the oldest of the family. But oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but nevertheless, uh, those are the six Von Eric children. Okay. But I just think uh, some fun five, because that's kind of what me and you thrive off of, is wrestling history and fandom. Okay, we'll add a wrestling trivia section as well. Okay. Um, So we do WWE 2019, British Wrestling 2019, Independent American Wrestling 2019, and Wrestling Trivia. Yep. Five questions in each, right? So you ask five, I ask five. Yeah, and do you know who your teammate's going to be? No. Okay. I just assumed Zoe Lucas was going to be my teammate. Well, how do you know she's not going to be my teammate? Because she's... Because it would be on my time. So okay. you're, if you're paying her wages for that hour... <laughs> Maybe I might have to. She's any good. Well, she won't be any good but at yeah, anyway. But if you have any questions, suggestions... Who's your teammate going to be? I don't know. I was asking about training. <laughs> who's not at work next Wednesday? Um, okay. Yeah. Um... Yeah. So if you've got any questions, suggestions, send them in, but not publicly. Yeah, if, you, if you've got any questions, suggestions, please send them privately to myself. And myself. <laughs> but don't send them both to us, because otherwise we'd be asking the same questions. Yeah, good We're going to need an independent adjudicator to just check over both our questions, I guess. Oh, okay. Just to make sure that we're not asking the same question. Yeah, good, good, good idea. Yeah. yeah. And what does the winner win? I don't know. Okay. What do you want the winner to win? Last time, in the face. Oh, last time there was a prize, you never came through with it. I won something off your view. Like Did a, you? Like an action figure or something, and you never gave it to me. Oh, all right. Do you not remember? No. If you listen through the archives of the podcast, you will find out. Was it when I won Pogs? Was that when we did it? Maybe. That we did a competition where if I won, I got an action figure, and if you won, you got a t-shirt or something. Okay. And no doubt, if you won, you would have just gone in there and <laughs> taken your t-shirt. <laughs> um, well, my box of figures will be at the Mountbatten Centre in about 10 days' time. So. Okay, I'll select which one, uh, I'll select which, like. one I, which one I which one I might like there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
make sure you tell your mum though, otherwise she'll think <laughs> I'm stealing. What's he up to? <laughs> Don't want to get beaten up. Um, so uh, we were going to talk about um, the reason why we're not doing the big fat quiz for year was because we we're like, oh, maybe we should discuss the Tokyo Dome a little bit. And uh, and and I was going to try and segue into the Tokyo, more, spe- more specifically Jushin Liger. Um, I was going to segue into the Tokyo Dome when we were talking about because um, I, I can do it. I can be a seamless radio host if I want to put my mind to it, right? And I had a flashpoint in my mind. It's like, now's the time to segue into it. But then I got distracted. Okay. Um, so when we were talking about, um, you know, WWE Network and one of the reasons why I don't keep, uh, I don't look at, watch it as much as I, I would like to, um, or I feel like as a wrestling fan, I'd like to. I think by this point, I'm just kidding myself. I might not even be a wrestling fan at all. I don't know. <laughs> but I think like a, um, one of the reasons, aside from, and, but it, what is interesting though, and again, I, I digress, right? But the less interest I have in the modern day product, the less, uh, uh, the less likely I am to go and look at the past product. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah. So like, in the sense of like, if I'm if WWE is really good, I'm like, I just want to watch more of it, you know, and then that will get me on the network, and then that'll make me go to okay. the archives. But where I'm not really engaged at all with the modern day product, I'm just like, it, I don't give it as much thought do you know what I mean okay. I'd much rather check out Netflix and oh, the network no. yeah so I'm watching some cracking stuff at the moment once again I implore everyone to watch Power okay Okay. it's back final six final five I think final okay. five episodes so came back on Monday brilliant cool um, so so um, so yeah so point being with all this other wrestling available to us it seems less important to watch WWE Network. And one of the things of wrestling, which is so wonderful, is uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, New Japan Worlds. Um, and this past weekend was Wrestle Kingdom. Yes. You, did you enjoy it, Ant? I did, very much. What were your favourite moments? So, <laughs> I said, I was thinking about this today, and I might be way off, but this is just my opinion. I said, my dream match would probably be heel Bret Hart versus Tanahashi that was what I said you're taking my match yeah, I said that. right all you have to do is listen back to the episode of the 30 week challenge where we said our dream matches well, and I said Tanahashi and Bret Hart and you were like <laughs> you were like oh I'm going to have that as well okay you, ha- you may have had something else before that okay well whatever it doesn't matter it doesn't matter no but like well, shut up then okay I'm sorry so my point Jericho Tanahashi Fantastic. Probably the closest. Yeah, we would get absolutely. To it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I like so overall, I thought fantastic two days of uh, of wrestling. It was cool, right? Yeah. Go on. I just want to say another quick highlight before I forget. Yeah. Liger's eight man tag. Okay. The old boys. Yeah. yeah. The dads. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Um. So, I but I really would have liked. Uh, oh, we get to it in a second. Okay. Right. So, I um. I just thought it was fantastic, right, having such wonderful world-class professional wrestling on in the morning, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> obviously, being UK fans, we often get short-changed and have to watch stuff at two in the morning and whatever. Yes. But New Japan's lovely. I particularly enjoyed the Sunday show. A lot of people didn't like the fact that it started 5 a.m. UK time, but 6 a.m. was the main show, Okay. right? And, um, and a lot of people didn't like that that was super early, but I liked it because it meant I could get on with my day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're up and you're yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Um, but I like the fact that world-class professional wrestling is available to you at a click of a button and watching it live. So when I first watched 
Um, when I first got into New Japan, um, it was... I'm going to say 2011 or 12, I can't remember. Well, Tanashi first came in 2013, so... So maybe 12 then, I think. So 2013, I was definitely into it by then, because that was a year... I booked Liger Trishan Liger for the first time. Yep. But I want to say 2012, which what would have been that main event? Let me have a look. This is bad radio again. I might be completely wrong. I might be... Oh, it's pulling up WWE Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> January 4th, 2012. Yeah, you're, it was 2012, and it was Tanahashi in 2012. What was Tanahashi in 2012? So 2012. Yeah. Tanahashi versus Suzuki was the main event. Okay. So it was 2012 was my first. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Was my first Wrestle Kingdom. So like the year before was Tanahashi and Kojima. So my first yeah 2012 Suzuki and Tanahashi right, and I remember that match because. And it, so maybe it was a little bit before then I got into it, but the 2012 Wrestle Kingdom match, I remember that Suzuki had a, a figure four leg lock on Tanahashi for a very long time. And it was just the most fantastic pro wrestling I'd ever seen. Okay. Because it's just like, it was engrossing. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And like, they've done the spot before, uh, since then as well. But like, just the, the, um, the amount of time he was in it, but then like the, the way the people were behind it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so just teasing, turning it over. No, he can't get it. Cranked it on tighter. Just fantastic professional wrestling. So 2012, first Wrestle Kingdom. But I want to say, I can't remember how I watched it. So there, was, there used to be Japanese pay-per-views, um, which were quite expensive. This is before New Japan World. So what year would New Japan World have come? Yeah, it starts 2014, 15. Okay, so... But I it's around the same sort of time as WWE Network, I think. I don't. Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, I don't think it was like three years later. Yeah, but you could. But anyway, so these shows, I, I think I watched that match maybe a day, two days after. Anyway, the point I'm getting is a long-winded way of getting into it. It was very hard to watch New Japan Wrestling before that. It was videotapes, and I watched sporadically bits and pieces of New Japan, right? And um, but you'd watch it months after, and the only time I'd watch it would be. Um, Ironically enough, if Power Slam Wrestling Magazine would write something about, you know, yes. one of the one of the shows, then I'd get it from a tape trader, mm -hmm. right? And um, but now you can just watch it live, and it's just fantastic just being able to watch it, you know, from the from the comfort of your living room live, inexpensively, and it's just it's just great. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and like uh, seeing it presented as a real. A real, I don't want to say like a real sport, but it is like a real sport. Do you know what I mean? Like, just a great presentation taken seriously, and it's like no BS, all pro wrestling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's um, not a million miles away from, um, you, you know, your, the presentation of real sport. I would say, like, it, I would say, uh, it makes something look realistic as much as you can within the realms of pro wrestling. Yeah, you know, the way you turn around and bounce off the ropes and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, but anyway, uh, yes, that is, it is the most realistic presentation by far. Yeah, and... Um, December 1st, 2014, by the way. In New, New Japan, Japan World. World. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, so they so like the you know so the first couple of years because I remember G one was like oh I can't remember the price I wish you paid like a for the entire G one and it was quite expensive but quite affordable uh-huh. what, right maybe thirty quid or something? maybe a bit more than that okay. maybe sixty okay. I can't remember again just can't remember off the top but you'd you'd pay for it didn't have English commentary then did it no no, no English commentary right. But then the concept of when New Japan World came, you were paying a tenner a month. And oh, got, okay. I thought, okay, I understand what you're saying. You got the whole G1 for mm-hmm. 10 quid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just insane. And then obviously, um, and some of the shows, I think on that G1, the first G1 on New Japan World, I can't remember. Some of the shows, oh, it may have been Super Juniors, but some of the shows were like just a hard camera for show and then just the big ones. But now you've got everything's multi-camera edited with English commentary. And sure. it's just a, such a superb service. And anyway, um, just being able to watch it, it almost felt like just a celebration of professional wrestling, everything that I like about pro wrestling, you know. Um, and uh, and it's and it's great to see so many people engaged by it. Like, I think, like, on a... It's almost... It is their version of WrestleMania, but I think on a week-to-week basis, New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, you know, if there's a big show, people will talk about it, but it's not like... Um, it's like people pick up at Wrestle Kingdom, do you know what I mean? They're like, yeah. we have to watch these specific shows and you know and uh, and everyone watches it together and because it's not at two in the morning so i guess i specifically for english fans right because it's not two in the morning you know when it's two in the morning you have people who hardcore fans who stay up and watch it right but when it's like seven in the morning the whole of uk is watching we'll it get up early, you know yeah. yeah so like you see all of them tweeting like, it's just good just real nice and uh um, yeah, and to me, the highlights of the shows were, um, so I thought my favourite match across the entire weekend was um, Will Ospreay and Hiromu Takahashi. That was, for me, by far my, and again, I think you can make the argument, either of the Okada matches, you could make the argument were um, were up there with um, the Ospreay and Ta- Takahashi match, and many people would say they were better than, right, but just for me, just stylistically, I just loved Osprey and Takahashi, and I loved that they were doing so so much complex stuff. But like you said, Andy, you said the 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 art of a, a sporting like presentation is doing it in the most sporting way possible within the realms of professional wrestling. Yeah, and I think that there was that clip that went viral like a, a few weeks ago, right, where those guys doing all that acrobatic stuff. Oh, those young lads. Yeah, the young yeah. lads doing that acrobatic stuff and everyone just went nuts at them, right? And some people loved it. Some people absolutely hated it. I was in the middle on it, right? And I think what I hated about it was there was no intention behind anything they were doing. Sure. So like, you know, it's like the the, the easiest way of saying it is swing a clothesline, just arms out and the guy does a forward roll or flipper. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Flip yeah. over the top of it or underneath it, whatever, right? There was no... Mo- there was no... Uh, there was nothing behind what they were doing, right? Now, I think the most measured response was, you know, I think Will, it was, may have been Will himself who put it up, but it was someone saying, like, someone should be, get, like, rather than, it's sad that the old-timers have to, you know, just bury it, like, just, you guys are terrible, the worst of the business, instead of critically looking at it and giving constructive criticism, uh-huh. right? And saying, listen, guys, like, I respect you guys as, athlete, as athletes, but what were you trying to do here? You tell me if you can justify what you're doing here when you're doing that cartwheel or yeah. that whatever, mm-hmm. right? If you can justify it, then fine, right? Or you can tell us if you can justify it and say this is what I wanted to show, right? But then you watch it back and you're not showing that, then you know you have a pointer to improve, sure, right? Or A B column C, right? 
if you had no intention behind, you know, no idea why you were doing it other than it looked fucking cool, then think about column A and column B. Drop the left bomb. I'm sorry, I get <laughs> I get excited about pro wrestling, don't I? Wrestling. Yeah. Um, but anyway, point being is the Osprey and Takahashi match was the opposite of all of that. Everything they did, yes. even the most okay. spectacular spots, mm-hmm. there was intention behind everything that was done. Um, and everyone's seen the, um, you know, the the big Sasuke gif, special. the Sasuke special, the you know where he comes ta- down onto his feet and gets pushed. Up. Oh, he get, goes for the German the suplex, yeah. lands on his feet, charges him, gets belly to bellied into the ring, and then he hits the Sasuke special. But every moment of that, there's intention behind what's going on. You can say you're not like, what? Why did he get himself back in the ring? Because Takahashi threw himself in the ring, threw him over his head, but Will's so like cat-like, he recovered in midair, and right. do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like just good, good stuff. Like it's not, it's not like it's certainly not um, pro wrestling that the the you know the purists who love Memphis and whatever will will love, but I think they could appreciate it if they approached it with an open mind. Sure. Um, so I, that's why I thought that match for me was my favourite. Uh, Abushi and Okada from Night One, I thought was was very good. But the reason why I didn't rate it as highly as everyone else, in terms of a lot of people thought that Osprey and uh, Takahashi was number two, Osprey, uh, Okada and Ibushi number number one in terms of uh, on that night. Um, but I thought it was a lot of there were a few things we were watching it together, weren't we? And there was a few things, um, and we were watching it kind. Well, it was at the training school, so you couldn't hear the sound as well as um, as well as you would have liked, right? For that, uh, for that match, and um, there were a few things where, if it was someone else who was doing it, it they would get crucified for it. Sure. Like there was like a, I don't know, like a. I remember like specifically it was like a kick to the stomach that Okada gave Ibushi, and it's just like, if that was Dan McGee doing that, he'd get crucified. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And like, um, but wrestling's always been like that. Yeah, like, no, it, it, no, it has always been like that. But the point I'm making, actually, not just wrestling, like everything. You know, yeah, I, every, and, and, I, and every... I get that. And there was, and, and I know there's the, the, the and I'll, I'll get into Okada in a second. But um, the point I'm making is, I don't think Will's Will and Takahashi, I don't there think no you holes, could find so. any holes in it. Okay. Which is why that's for me was a better match. That was, you know, I was on the edge of my seat the most for that match, and um, and and I thought that that was. You know, just exceptional, especially given the fact that Takahashi's been off for 18 months. Sure. And obviously he came back just before Christmas for three tag matches. But, like, you know, that's his first singles match in 18 months. Yeah. You know, it's just insane to be able to do it at that level. Um, so, again, um, that was my favourite. And with Okada, yes, it, wrestling has always been like that. And, again, a big part of being a, a wonderful professional wrestler is being able to make that connection with the crowd and being able to be forgiven for those little holes or whatever, right? And I think there's not a better big match wrestler than Okada in terms of, like, he just makes everything seem so important. Like, everything he does seems so important. And on both nights, it was uh, spectacular performances by him. Um, and um, and I thought that the um, uh, Okada and Naito match was a good... Uh, a real good culmination of the the, the real lovely storyline arc that Naito's been on the last, I guess, five years. Um, and just uh, when he hit that Stardust press on uh, on Okada, it was almost like that should have... I felt like, I was like, oh, if that was a finish, 
they would have been fantastic. But uh, but they kept going and it was still fantastic. So um, just real good. And obviously Kenta then coming in for the big surprise attack at the end. Yeah. And and I would have been like, it's interesting because I, I had that mentality hey. of, hey, he's wearing a Bullet Club shirt. What are you wearing? I'm wearing a Bullet Club hoodie, yeah. Yeah, representing We're, Kenta. So just... Uh, we we may be being a bit biased here, yeah. Um, but but yeah, I was I was one of I was like, oh, Kenta should have beaten uh, Goto earlier on to really solidify himself. Because I was I I don't know. And again, as a fan, this is entirely as a fan. I was like, how cool would it be to then go in with Kenta win beats Goto, and then they do a match where Kenta is unified, trying to unit like do you know what I mean? They unify the never belt with a okay. IWGP and. Heavyweight belt, and I don't even know if that's the direction they're going. I know Naito said he'll he'll happily defend. He thinks that the belts should be defended individually, even if it means he has to wrestle twice. You know? oh, okay. But uh, obviously, the first contest is Naito and uh, and Kenta, which is a double championship match. Um, but um, but I just thought it'd be cool if you know if Kenta put up his never belt as well. You yeah. Know? Uh, but obviously, oh, maybe um, next year and yeah <laughs> but like that's just as a fan but I think it's cool that like I can say that as a fan like I can you know I can watch it as an appreciate it as a fan and be like you know I couldn't care less what happens to the intercontinental belt of a US belt in WWE do you know what I mean right. of a universal championship I don't care but like they've produced championships with meaning which makes me be like oh that would be do you know what I mean it gets me ex- it does it, like it does I think it's it gets me excited about professional wrestling so yeah what so yeah, ultimately, I just, I just uh, it, it was real cool, and um, obviously, I think honourable mention as well. God against uh, Finley and uh, Juice, I thought that was a very good tag team match as well. Um, I'm quite excited. God now look like they're going into a program with uh, Tanahashi and Ibushi, which okay. could be quite cool, yeah. um, and something different for God. Um, and yeah, and obviously you mentioned it earlier that Tanahashi and and Jericho match I thought was fantastic. I think uh, I, I wrote a tweet at A Quilden on Twitter. I saw your Twitter. It's funny because I saw that because you put that up fairly shortly after the match. Yeah. And, you know, like everyone kind of jumps on that Wrestle Kingdom bandwagon, especially on social media. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was kind of, I was, you know, you always, whenever you think, you have a thought, whether it's about anything, but most of the time, because, you know, wrestling is our thing, like normally we tweet about wrestling. You ever thought you think, oh, that'll make a good tweet? And almost what you what you put in a tweet was essentially word for word what I was going to write. Or I, All right, just copy me. <laughs> no, I didn't copy you because I was like, well, he's kind of already said it. So uh, I think I might, I don't think I've retweeted it, but. Oh, you should have done. Yeah. No, but in, gen- in genuinely though, like I, the point I made was people write off Tanahashi. Like it, it, Tanahashi gets written off constantly, right? And I feel that, uh, but he always comes back to deliver. Do you think before the G1 last year? Uh huh. No one was talking about Tanahashi seriously as a contender for winning the G1, and right. when he in every single match he just put in great performance after great performance after great performance. Went on to headline the Tokyo Dome, right? What an absolutely fantastic match that was with Kenny Omega. Do you know what I mean? Tanahashi proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that he still had it. Yet we were still thinking going into this Wrestle Kingdom that oh, you know, I'm sure it'll be good, but it's going to be a lot of outside brawling and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah. with Jericho, I think Jericho's done such a such a fantastic job as AEW champion with all his promos and vignettes and his character, the inner circle and all of that stuff. Um, he's done such a great job with that, but we forget that he's a fantastic in, in-ring worker. Sure. Right? And it's like, sure, you know, 
you know, on his day, he's great. Do you know what I mean? His match with Cody, fantastic, right? And we can't, you know, I just think he's, I think, you know, I think he he just gets overlooked too much. Um, and and I feel that if this, if, if there was a time when you'd be like Tanahashi and Jericho weren't gonna steal the show, or not not gonna steal the show, it was a time. I just I just don't think many people looked at Tanahashi and Jericho and were like, oh, that's going to be a fantastic professional wrestling match. Okay. I think they were written off, you know, like almost like, oh, that'd be fine. Mm-hmm. But I think it was fantastic. Yeah. They literally had everyone eating out the palm of their hands. And like you said, that was as close to Brett versus Tanahashi as I think you're probably going to get. I just want to say, and I'm, you always, you'll probably think I'm making this up, but I knew that was going to be my favourite match. Probably, yeah, because probably you, the weekend. Because you like anyone who's had a WWF <laughs> tenure, don't <laughs> Not you? Not true. Um, I just knew it would you be. You were like good. going, where's Yoshi Tatsu? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's just signed with All Japan. As a full time, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, I, I, I knew I'd, I knew what. I just knew it'd be the kind of match that I'm really into. And it was. Brilliant. So, it was, yeah, just, it was a very, very, very good. Prefer- and that may have been up there as. My favourite wrestling match of the <laughs> the weekend as well, yeah. Because I just thought it was just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so yeah. But obviously, um, it, the, the the Wrestle Kingdom weekend was also uh, very important for Jushin Thunder Liger. Obviously, his last two professional wrestling matches, and, and we as a pair, as a couple, should have been there for the send off. Well, I wish I was. That's that's probably my biggest regret. You keep saying I. I keep saying we. If you didn't want me to come, you shouldn't have keep men- you shouldn't have keep mentioning it. I didn't mention it at all. You, you were mentioning it five hundred times. You were mentioning it, and um, and I f- I feel like f- just I'm the only reason I'm saying I is because I personally like I don't I don't know what your circumstances are like, and right, but I just know that I had to be at home that weekend. Okay, yours may be different. Yours the weekend I had, you I'd don't be, have to do I'd anything be a as a pair. Off in Tokyo. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so. So yeah, that's, that's. I know someone who could have got us free tickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go um, on. Anyway, Jushin Thunder Liger, brilliant. Yeah, I said I'd have got you half price. <laughs> <laughs> right up the back. Yeah. Um. And Jushin Thunder Liger, like the, you know, so he obviously retired. He's a legendary career. Um. Now, I just wanted to kind of um, emphasise the importance of Jushin Thunder Liger to uh, probably British wrestling in general that I don't think people realise, yep. you know. Um, so, obviously, Jushin Thunder Liger, he's got deep connections with um, with British wrestling. You're better bet with dates than I am, so um, go on. What, what when so he was around the British circuit? Yeah. <sighs> I want to maybe mid to so early two, to didn't he? 80s. So and oh, so it was twenty-five years to the day of the, uh, uh, not to the day, but it was twenty-five years ago um, when we did in two thousand thirteen. It was twenty-five years earlier. Okay. So whatever that works out at. Um, so anyway, so Justin Funder Liger did his learning excursion in the UK, um, and. He he wrestled for Brian Dixon predominantly, right, during yes. that time. And um, and one of his mentors was Mark Rollable Rocco. Um, and he said often, and Rollable Rocco was obviously Black Tiger for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, and um, when Jushin Liger would stay in the UK, uh, so, uh, 
often rollerball Rocco would be uh, in Japan <laughs> on excursion, right? Doing doing his do it on Tiger. tour as Black Tiger, doing his deal in doing his deal in Japan, and Jushin Liger would still stay at his house, and his wife would look after him, and he'd be treated like a son. Um, and the reason why I'm bringing up this this connection is because when we did the first York Hall show in uh, two, June 2013, Jushin Liger was a he was the only guy really that I thought. Um, had a chance of selling the tickets we needed to sell outside of doing the one PW super show with, you know, a hundred wrestlers. Sure. You know, um, Jushin Liger was the guy. He'd never been to the UK as Jushin Liger since his learning excursion. Um, he was almost the, it was always like, oh, you'll never get Liger. Yeah. You'll and, never, and many people came close to getting Liger, but no one ever did. But yeah. and, and you, but when I say came close, I don't really know how close they came to getting yeah, him. Yeah, but, but it would just, all be talk. You know, like FWA, for example, used to bound names around all the time. Oh, we should get, we should get, we should get. I remember the first uprising. It was, remind me, Bulls Mahoney, Jerry Lynn. And it was like, we're having a third name. And I remember people saying, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be X-Pac. It's going to be because he'd just come out of WWE. It's got to be this guy's, and it was AJ Styles, um, who wasn't half the name. He went obviously went on to become even before he went to WWE. Uh, but it was always Jushin Liger was always one of those names. Oh yeah, Jushin, we're going to bring Jushin Liger in for this show, and he never came. Obviously, yeah. And I guess maybe well, you got to wonder why, like because he he was familiar with England, like familiar with it. Uh, yeah. Obviously, hadn't been around it for a long time, but he'd been here. So you wonder why it was so difficult. I don't know. Yeah. That's an interesting... But maybe this just wasn't the <laughs> but connection like, there. Like. But, I, but and I know... and I'm pretty sure... So, so, I want to say like maybe a year or two earlier, someone had made contact with a New Japan office and it had felt fallen through. But stuff like that, when stuff falls through um, with the with the office, it does look... So th- there was dealings with um, with uh, what culture when they had used some guys and there was issues post-event and the the line was this, which is a, a story of why I want to say it was a global wars after. So the first year of the British J Cup, so that would have been three years ago, would it? 2017. Yeah, so that was when What Culture used some guys for their World Cup. And there's some issues after that. So there was a Global Wars UK show events that year. They were oh, they were uh, announced quite late compared to what we'd normally announce them. But it was because of um, a hold up with. Um, an issue from the what culture stuff, right? They owed them some and money there or something. Yeah, I was trying not to be like oh, so, okay. <laughs> but yeah, they owed them some money. Yeah, um, and um, and they basically said to me like, "This looks bad on the whole of the UK." Yeah, you know, we can't do any more business with England uh-huh. until this is sorted out. Yeah, so I obviously had to get it sorted. Uh-huh. Right, um, but uh, th- and as a result, we couldn't announce the global wars until it all got sorted right um and um and obviously it all it all got sorted and what culture paid everything it, nothing was do you know what i mean it was dealt with. it was dealt with it wasn't uh, it wasn't like they tried to run from anything or whatever you know um and um so all i'm saying is perhaps someone you know gave it the like oh we want to bring him in and you know gave it the talk and then it fell through and that may have just been like, right, that's it. Okay. You can't go to England. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's just me speculating. I'm sure. I'm putting two and two together. I might be making five, you know. Um, but that's just a, a possibility of what could have happened. Um, but Jushin Liger, um, so again, and, and the, the process of me booking Jushin Liger was a very long one. 
and it was it would have been the the weekend of the the confirmation of it would have come um at the Tokyo Dome weekend would have been New Year's Dash, so they would have had a booking meeting after the Tokyo Dome in 2013, um, and that's when we got it confirmed. Like and that the show of the wasn't until June, right? The show wasn't until June, but you have to remember it was a different time. So, yes. like, uh, so, so it wasn't like, um, you know, so to run your call, and I can't remember when it was announced. It was maybe announced in February, but like, to you couldn't run a show like your call like with two months, one month's notice. Like I've stupidly done, um, you could you just couldn't do it in those. Like you, it had to have like, again, like I, we always joke about. Like you used to be able to trade off of running one York Hall show. If you'd run a successful show in York Hall, you could trade off. Uh, FWA still trades off of those free shows they ran in York Hall to varying levels of success. Still trades off of that. God knows how many years later. Yeah, over 15, 17 you, years later. Do you know what I mean? So, like, for all intents and purposes, 20 years later, uh-huh. FWA still trades off of, you know, free shows that were running your call. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people take that for granted. Like, you know, your call was a su- successful wrestling venue. I think people take for granted now just because of, you know, the amount of shows I've, I've done there successfully across the years. Um, but to run a show there was seemed to be very special, Right, and to run one successfully was seen to be very special. Um, borderline impossible. Borderline impossible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was told once by someone it was a white elephant, um, and you know it will never work. Yeah. Right, and um, and with Jushin Liger, it gave me, and I was too scared to try until Jushin Thunder Liger became an option, like a viable option. Um, and this is before, so this is, and again, I'm not taking credit for anything at all. Um, but what, uh, but this is before progress ran. Um, Camden Progress was still running, um, you know the, the small place they had Garage for Garage in Islington. Um, so this is before they upped the size of their venues. So who knows? They may have been wait. They might not have known it was possible to run, you know, a to venue. get a bigger venue and yeah. and to draw right. And I and again I could uh, you know I'm, I could well, be you tried the Troxy the year before which. Well, the Troxy wasn't com- uh, Yeah, there's circumstances behind the Troxy. Yeah, but it didn't draw. It went not. It didn't do it the did, numbers. So it did. Fo- it did okay, but, yeah, it, but didn't it didn't do, do the numbers you had yeah. anticipated. But again, like you say, there was a lot of circumstances surrounding that. But what the Troxy did do was it gave me the confidence. Like so, I did it. So you listen back. There's a show called Revolution, right? Yeah. On this podcast, listen back. You'll hear the, hear the full story on it and how. Goldberg was going to be the the big draw on the show, and then as time got closer, oh, Goldberg was <laughs> Goldberg became not an option, right? So, um, or they decided they didn't want to put the money in for Goldberg, and then they just decided they're going to cancel the show. And then three, this is NWE in Italian wrestling promotion. I'm paraphrasing. I'm telling a short, a long, a long story short. Um, so, uh, so basically I car- I took it over with like three weeks notice. It was supposed to be a co-pro show. I took it over with like three weeks notice. I did what I could to try and salvage a show, cut some costs of a show and try, literally just try and make it happen because I thought the biggest black eye for British wrestling would be, oh, another super show, which doesn't run. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, which was big at the time, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Like, you still were reeling off the damage that, you know, the one PWs had sort of, they, they did the shows, but. There was enough, wasn't there? The Wrestle there was Express. A, yeah, the, yeah. Wrestle Express was a big go-to, wasn't yeah. it? Like the Wrestle Express, like we're going to do it at Coventry Sky Dome and we're going to have this guy, this guy, this guy. It doesn't happen. We did a podcast on Brit Res Fails. Yes. So listen to that. 
Listen, you know, listening is your friends. But if you listen to that podcast, you'll hear about many of the different failures in British wrestling, many of the high-profile failures um, of the early noughties in British wrestling. And you'll see that, you know, and this was, go- you know, in 2012, to run a show the size of a Troxy, you know, would, was just almost unthinkable, right? Mm-hmm. And all of that stuff happened, and it was all super expensive, etc. You know, you know the story, um, if you listen to the podcast, which I des- definitely advise you to. Um and, but in doing that and overcoming all of that, pardon me, <laughs> I realised that it was po- it wasn't impossible to run a show at your call, but I just needed the right the right mixture to make it work. Because again, like I say, like I I knew that if I had the right guys, this could be successful. And to me, Jushin Liger was the right guy. Um, so it happened and 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 as a result it was successful and as a result it opened up your call again as a professional wrestling venue which you know when the, the first obstacle was convincing your call that professional wrestling wasn't uh, you know you weren't going to cancel the show words. no one was going to get set on fire no one was going to jump off the balcony yep. so yeah. do you know what i mean it was a it was an obstacle you know yeah and then yeah and then and that we will pay our bills yeah. that was another one as well uh-huh. right so there was a you know, there was a long list of obstacles to get over to get wrestling back in your call because it had done nothing but disappoint them. Sure. <laughs> so um, so we overcame all those obstacles and it was worth doing because, again, to bring over Trish and Liger, you had to have a certain size venue, right? And your call to me, just being a big old mark, <laughs> you know, it was a it was a perfect venue, you know, um, with all the history w- with it from combat sports, all the history of it and me fanboy in FWA and like the, just the influence that FWA had on me and you know, do you know what I mean? All of that, just all those things combined. Yeah. Um, and um, so, again, I can't stress enough the impact that Jushin Liger had in terms of bringing him to the UK that very first time and the amount of doors it opened up for myself and I'm sure many other people within the wrestling industry because think about the butterfly effect, that knock-on effect. Now, I'm not saying anything. I know Will Ospreay's perhaps the most talented wrestler ever, right? And he was always going to rise to the top, right? But Will's path in terms of going to New Japan Pro Wrestling, that all started because of Jushin Liger opening that door, you know? If that hadn't have happened, that relationship would have been wouldn't have been built and that do you know what I mean? That we wouldn't have yeah. had that knock on effect, right? Who knows where he may have wound up, you know? Um he might have been two oh five live champ, you know? Sure. But like what I'm saying is we can't underestimate the important role that Trishin Thunder Liger play played in UK professional wrestling. Um so um you know, I just thought it'd be fitting to, you know, really just try and hammer that point home in today's podcast because, um, you know, I owe him so much uh, in terms of gratitude and um, and he was always so humble when he came over, you know. And and one thing I will say is, like, the craziest thing is ever because everyone was like, oh, what's he look like without the mask? Yeah. What's he look like without the mask? And there's a couple of little tidbits to that. So, like, the first time I met him, was uh, he'd flown in and the day uh, I think it must have been the day earlier and I didn't meet him. I went when or maybe he'd flown in earlier that day, but I went and knocked on his his door just to say hello um, after I'd got to the hotel. This is in the day we when York Hall shows and again, just a side note which is kind of semi semi interesting. Like York Hall shows again, I always used to say like when I used to run shows in in small venues, um, like for example Sittingbourne that show would knock me out. Like, you do that show, it'd knock me out for two days after. The week before, just manic preparation, right? York Hall was exactly the same, that manic preparation, so much so that we stay, used to stay at 
in London the night before the show, but now we travel up the morning of because we've kind of got it down a lot more, you know, but like, um, we didn't want to leave anything to chance. We'd always stay, you know, stay the, the night before. So, um, I think the last time I did that was a Vader show. It was the very last time. <laughs> okay. Um, so I knocked on his door and, uh, and the man I presumed was Jushin van der Liger answered. And it was Jushin van der Liger, just in case you're wondering. Um, but it was nothing like I'd imagined at all. Yeah. Right. And really, he's just like a sweet man, you know? Yes, yeah. And, uh, and then, um, and then obviously the next day at the show, again, say, same man. <laughs> but the next day at the show, he puts his gear on and instantly he's just person, transformed into like, you know, he could have been 20 years old underneath that mask. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like it was just, I can't, just the transformation was just amazing. Um, and like, and he's someone I always, um, I always point towards as someone who could be and should be um, uh, looked at by all upcoming wrestlers in terms of how you sell, how you use your body. Because obviously, where he's not got the the mask, where he's got the mask, sorry, he's not got his face. Right. He's got to be even more expressive, right? In and different I, ways. In different it? ways. Yeah. And I feel that everyone can learn from that. And also another, just before I forget, as we go in with him without his mask, I always remember. So a couple of years ago, last year's British Shake Up was at Bowler's Exhibition Centre in Manchester and Jushin van der Liger. And again, this is almost shows you how unrecognisable he was without his mask on. And uh, he was just walking around Bowler's Exhibition Centre without his mask <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one stopped him. No one said, do you no, know what I mean? I know like, two or three of the lads at the school were like, oh, I never tweaked till later that day. The man I'd seen <laughs> earlier on yeah. was Jushin Liger. Yeah. yeah, hidden in plain sight. That's it. So... Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, so I thought that was kind of amusing as well that he was just you know yeah. ordering his cheesy chips I from remember, the. Uh, I remember, I remember, yeah. Um, that was funny. And um, yeah, and 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 he he had every right to have an ego, right? But he had none. Yeah, like, absolutely none. And when he uh, and, and I think a, a testament to that is how the amount of times I brought him over, right? Because you know I, he was a pleasure to be around when we had the TV show, the first match. On the TV show, Trishin van der Liger versus Chris Brooks, right? Which it's no secret I tried to get um, Brian Pillman Jr. for the, the match because I thought it'd be a cute little take on the the Brian Pillman versus Trishin Liger. Um, but then uh, MLW's dates clashed, so it was uh, it didn't uh, yes. didn't work out unfortunately. Um, but um, uh, but yeah, so that was a you know that would have been a real s- cool thing to have done. But just again, first ever match. Trishin van der Liger <coughs> versus Chris Brooks. I thought that was that was wonderful. The first ever British Jacob, the winner, Trishin van der Liger. Mm-hmm. You know, he uh, in many ways legitimised, I'd say, that trophy, that cup. Like, to have a junior heavyweight tournament featuring the best junior heavyweights in the world, you know, how could you not have Trishin van der Liger? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and he was the first Japanese wrestler that ever stood out for me as well in terms of, like, um, there's a famous Jacob, right? Um Oh, I I don't want to bastardize it by not by telling you the wrong year. Would it be ninety five for one year or ninety four? Okay, um, but there was a, but it was a super famous tape. Amongst I think tape there was rate. two, wasn't there? There was one in ninety four, maybe one in ninety five. But there's one which was super famous amongst I tape. I want to say it's ninety four, yeah. Right, and um, but like he was a, by far the most distinctive wrestler on the show just because of the costume. Yeah, you never forget that, no, right? No, no, it just stands out, right? And obviously he was a perfect guy for the draw for the first your call show because not only 
was he a wrestling legend in terms of uh, in terms of WWE in terms of WWE in terms of uh, in terms of NJPW and Japanese professional wrestling and the Super Juniors and all and and really putting on the you putting that junior heavyweight division on the map. But in addition to that, he'd also had that tenure in WCW, which although wasn't like you know set the world on fire. Right. Yeah, he, he just did wasn't some all that consistent, was it? Because he was in and out, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. and WCW never put a real emphasis on him. But he was the uh, the, the first of a match on Nitro. Sure. And he was the, there was that the match with Brian Pillman from Super Brawl, uh, I think. Uh, Super Brawl was it? Um, there was that match with Brian Pillman, which was absolutely fantastic. Years ahead of its time, and again, just very much like La Parker, who's obviously coming to your call on February fourteenth. Right. Just the costume made him stand out from everyone else yes. right and I felt that he was just a perfect crossover wrestler in that he'd had that tenure in WCW he'd had that famous first match on Nitro he'd had that famous match with Brian Pillman you know he had the costume that, that stood out as well as being a bona fide professional wrestling legend um, th- that cro- that was just almost like the perfect storm and uh, and I think that it just it just worked perfectly so um, he set things up nicely didn't he for what was to come for Revolution Pro and Absolutely, and yeah. and like I say, legitimised it to a lot of people. And I think once he came, um, once he came over, like people then well, and I think a lot of people were sceptical as whether it would actually happen or not. The show, yeah. right? Just because that uh-huh. was what British wrestling was in those days, right? But once he'd come over, um, and I, and and I'll tell you as well, there was a big spike in ticket sales when he landed. Oh, and we were able to post. Coming, yeah, yeah, we were able to post. Jushin Thunder Ligers arrived in the country. Yeah, okay. There was a big spike that night. Uh huh. Do you know what I mean? A big spike in ticket sales that night, um, because that was British wrestling in those days. There was no, there was no consumer confidence. We had to rebuild that. Mm, that's an interesting. You know. Thought. Yeah. Um, and and after that, and you'll see the attendances from that point on were all up, right? So that that was the lowest drawing York Hall show. Right, but it was still the highest figure for a British wrestling promotion in a very long time, right? But the attendances went up from that point when many people were like, Well, it's just gonna go down from but like that's where the consumer confidence started to grow back. Sure. You know? You promised it, you delivered it. And there's also that picture of um of of uh Prince Devitt, Rollable Rocco and Jushin Fundaliga with a cruiserweight championship. Yeah, yeah. And that was a you know, that was a huge um you know, it's a real you know, when they say, like, a defining moment, that picture's a very much a defining moment of Revolution Pro Wrestling and just a, the three generations of junior heavyweight wrestler all stood by si- side by side, um, you know, in one of the most famous combat sport venues in the world. So. Right. Yeah. But that's, that's you know, pretty much all I, I've, I've got to say on on that. But, <laughs> you know, it's not like... Yeah, it's nice. You know, it's not like a eulogy or anything. It's sure. <laughs> I just wanted to, you know, just try and really emphasise just the importance of Jushin Liger... Um, in terms of um, you know professional wrestling in this country, and I, I and I think it's you know it's a, it's a shame that uh, you know w- we obviously would have liked to have got him back for another show in London before he retired, but just his schedule the last year, his schedules because he announced what was it, March, April, no, May, last maybe. Year beginning of or the end of last. No, sorry. So it was sh- it was Mar- about March time, I think, last year, March, April, May, some somewhere around there. Before then. I don't know. I'm whenever sure he had a full year of like next. Wait, so when, it, but whenever he announced it, yeah. Um, from that point onwards, he was booked solid, and like he was working Mexico, America, Japan, not just New Japan as well, other promotions in Japan, and like he was working solid, solid schedule in that last year. Um, and I'm just glad that we were able to squeeze in that last, um, 
the last appearance um, at, at Cheltenham Town Hall. Um, and again, just in typical Jushin Liger, there's that almost that moment of validation where he raises the arm of Michael Oku at the end of that tag match. Do you know what I mean? Almost, uh, you know, just again, unselfish in selfish times. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a, that line in Beyond the Mat that, that Paul Heyman uses to describe Terry Funk. Unselfish in selfish times. Sorry, March um, 7th he announced he's retiring. So it's, I told you, March. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. Uh, you know, it was a time when all the spotlight could have been on him, but instead he put it on a younger wrestler coming through, you know. Um, he wanted Michael Oku to be as much a part of that moment as he was, you know. So um, just, uh, yeah, an absolutely uh, fantastic professional wrestler, absolutely uh, wonderful professional to deal with, um, and someone who's meant a great deal for our business in this country um, without probably even realising it, you know. He probably doesn't even realise, and I don't think a lot of fans realise uh, the implications that Jushin Thunder Liger coming over for that first show had, the knock-on effect, the relationship with New Japan that it opened up. You know, he could have come back and been like, ah, oh, they were horrible, they treated me yeah, badly, true, I'm not yeah. interested. Do you know but what I mean? Didn't, so, um, yeah. And like, it, but just that roll of that knock-on effect of all of that stuff, and, and seeing guys, seeing the British Championship defended at the Tokyo Dome, seeing El Phantasmo, Zack Sabre Jr., Will Ospreay, all wrestling at the Tokyo Dome, stuff like that, I genuinely don't believe would have would have been possible without Jushin Thunder Liger opening that door. And if it was possible, it's a door that would have had to be knocked down rather than it being opened nicely for yeah, us. Sure. You know, so so thank you, Jushin Liger, mm-hmm. if you if you're listening because sure we listening. know because we know you are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, right. um, so there you go. Wrap it up. I think we're going to need more, nearly two hours, near enough. Well, it's an hour and forty, so yeah. not two hours, but but yeah, we could. Cool. All right. Thanks All right. for listening, everyone. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Dis- another disjointed episode of the podcast. Yeah, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter. Yes, that's the point where you go, no, it's not. <laughs> Please do. It was all right. I Where's enjoyed it. Good year, podcast. So keep putting us down every week. Okay, no was it a good podcast, listens. though? Yeah. Okay. Probably a bit long. Yeah, I know. You. I could see you nodding off halfway was through. I nodding off. I'm not nodding off. I've just been to the gym and I'm knackered. Now I've got to go out and put some posters out. Do all the glamorous work, me. Okay, mate. First show we've got next Saturday. January 18th, Mount Batten Centre, Revolution Rumble. 40 person. There'll be males and females involved. So, there you go. If you'd like to be there, tickets available from revolutionprowrestling.com. Head on over there now. Head on over there now. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right, don't forget to follow me on Twitter, B-O-Y-S-I-M-M-O-N-Z. I I thought we were just leaving it on that plug. Why do you... Good night, everyone. At A. Quilden, A-Q-U-I-L-D-A-N. RevolutionProWrestling.com. Get your tickets. All right. Bye. Bye.